Well, I wonder if you know what binds us together. Ah, somebody, you've been cheating. You've been reading your Bible or something. Yes, the Lord Jesus, he said he wanted to come in and dwell within us and that he would be with us and we would be with him and we would be his people, right? And uh, what an exciting era to be living in. And today I want to draw your attention to a passage probably familiar to many of you. It's found in the Gospel of Matthew, and it's found in chapter 16. And right in the heart of that passage, there's a phrase that you're probably quite familiar with. But let me read down through this text, beginning in verse 13 of Matthew 16. Here's Jesus walking with his disciples, and he asks a very important question. Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Jesus pauses and says, but what about you? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter uses his old name and a new name, right? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. In other words, you're the sent one. You're the one that opens up the new and living way. You're the captain of our salvation. You're the sent one. Jesus replied, oh, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. In other words, this is a God thing, Peter. You didn't just think of this. Others had lots of opinions, but you, you know the truth. And that truth didn't come from you. It came from my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. So when he says, good job, Simon, son of Jonah... Now, he says, now that you know that, I'm going to call you Peter or Petros. Now, this is very critical to good theology, what happens next. I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, Wherever, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Wow, that's a pretty big transfer of authority. So let's, uh, let's remind ourselves what Jesus said here. He said, I'm going to do what? I'm going to build my church. Now, the church is an interesting uh, analogy. It, uh, it's the promise of Jesus, I'm going to do it. Church hasn't come yet. Pentecost, which was the beginning of the church, Jesus hasn't even been crucified yet, right? He hasn't risen yet. He hasn't sent the Holy Spirit yet. But he's prophesying. He's saying, guys, I promise you, I'm going to build this church and the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against it. In other words, I'm not taking a defensive position. I'm taking an offensive position. Hell won't be able to stop what I'm about to do. That's a pretty great promise. 
And so uh, he was starting that whole dialogue by a question. Who do you think I am? It's kind of like God sending the message, what have you done with my son? Who is he to you? A very personal message to those guys. Uh, I want to tell you an illustration. Let's assume this happened, and maybe it happened to one of you. I don't know. But it's it's a a Halloween evening, uh, not long ago, and uh, you're uh, passing out candy, and uh, people are coming to your doors, and uh, this one rather tall, uh, assumedly young man comes to the door, and you realize you're out of Reese's peanut butter cups, and you turn around to get some, and before you know it, this guy has reached in the house and grabbed your son, and he goes running off into the darkness in his costume with your son. And you're kind of stunned, like, what just happened? Is this a prank? Is this part of trick-or-treat? That What's going on here? But pretty soon you realize it's not funny anymore. And all the neighbors are out, and you start yelling and screaming. You gather a bunch of them, and you run to try and find this guy in many directions. And somebody said, I saw somebody carrying somebody against their will into the big warehouse at the end of the street. And so you run down there and you bust in the door. And it is absolutely pitch black. Except one little lit office, dimly lit in the back, and you can see the silhouette of one person. And you go to the back and you come in the office and the guy has his mask off and he's sitting there, he's got his hands over his face, and he's weeping. And he said, I am so sorry. I can't believe I did that. And the guy said, "Uh, did you take my son? Yes. Well, where's my son? You're a pastor, right? And I say, "Uh, yeah, I'm a pastor. What about it? He goes, I've been thinking about starting to attend your church. Would that be okay? And I said, yeah, where's my son? And he goes, and you do this Christmas child thing, right? I'm going to take a bunch of boxes. I'm going to fill those. Would that be okay? Yeah, that's fine, man. Where is my son? And he said, and and I I think I should be baptized. Uh, People do that still, right? And I go, yeah, right. Where is my son? And he said, you know what? I've been thinking about it. Over the years, I've done a lot of bad things. I want to start doing a lot of really good things. And I could help a lot of people. Would that be good? And I finally grab hold of him and I say, listen, man, I don't care about all the things you're going to do. What I want to know is, what have you done with my son? He breaks away and runs out the back door. Fortunately, there's a bunch of neighbors. And uh, I come out and I say, he's gone that way. And another group has already started the search for the sun. They go through the building, and then they join arms, and they start walking through the fields. And uh, pretty soon, they come across the body of the sun. They're in the ground, slain, 
overcome by the darkness of this world. And with weeping and sorrow, they pick up his body and they throw it over the shoulders of one strong man. And they come to find dad. About the same time, that group of neighbors found that guy that killed their son. And uh, they got a big rope. And without hesitation, they put it around his neck, threw it over a tree, and strung him up. And hung him to death right there on the spot. See, that would be called vengeance, right? Or what would it be like if instead of doing that, they called the authorities and the authorities came and they arrested him and there was a trial and at the end of all the evidence, out of the malice of that man's heart, the judge had no choice but to proclaim, you, sir, are guilty and you will die now for your transgressions against humanity and I sentence you to death in the electric chair. Well, that wouldn't be vengeance. That would be justice, right? But let's say instead of that, the family shows up. The judge pronounces the death sentence. You ask to speak to the court and you say, Your Honor, we would like for you as the court to show mercy to this man. Incarcerate him, but let him live. Show him mercy. He deserves it, but we want him to live. Well, that's not vengeance. That's not justice. That really is mercy, right? Or what would happen if you stood and said, Your Honor, this is a strange request, but I, I would like you to sentence this young man who took the life of my son to come and live with us. I want that person, that transgressor, that murderer, that person so overcome by evil and darkness to be sentenced to move into my house. I want him to sleep in the bed where my son has slept. I want him to eat the food that I'll provide on his birthday, I want to lavish him with gifts. On Christmas, we want him to join in the celebrations. We want to give him everything we would have ever given to our son. We want to celebrate when and if he gets married. We want to celebrate when he graduates from college. We want to be with him all of his life. We want to bless him. The judge might look at you like, What's wrong with you? You see, that would not be vengeance. That certainly is not justice. That's not even mercy. That, my friends, is grace. Grace is an amazing, an amazing thing that God offers to a world darkened and devastated by sin. 
And to do that, Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. Do you remember some of the other names for that singular word church or ecclesia? Uh, You will be my body. You will be my bride. You know, that, that entity of you will be an extension of me into a dark world. So when Jesus said, I am going to build my church, you will be grace distributors. You'll be inviting people into something that the world knows nothing of. They can never give beyond forgiveness, beyond mercy, beyond justice, and beyond vengeance. They can't do it. They don't have it. I can take the darkest and most vile and make it a pleasure to myself. I can bless those that come to me. But as we're reminded in Scripture, <laughs> oh, that grace comes through broken vessels, tarnished vessels, earthen vessels. Guess who those people are? That's us. So it's a very interesting thing. Bruno, could I use you? Grab my keys when you come up, would you? I got to make a quick exit after this. I'm just kidding. But bring the keys, yes. So I want, to, I want everybody to understand this. Uh, yeah, right there. I want, I want everybody to understand the exchange that happened. Jesus says, you are Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. And, and Jesus says, man, God revealed that to you. That's not just something you thought of. That's something you've seen. And so, uh, hold this. I'm going to call you Peter or Chip because you're no longer just Simon, son of Jonah. Now I'm going to call you Petros, a little piece of the rock. You're a chip off the old block. So we're going to start calling you Bruno the Chip. And uh, so, so Jesus is talking to... Peter. And he said, Peter, your name's now Peter. And uh, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. Does that mean I'm going to build this giant world changing thing upon your shoulders, Peter? Man, I'm so glad you're here. Peter, what would I possibly do without you? You're, you're just such a good guy, Peter. In fact, uh, let's see, you'll be our first pope. How about that? I'm going to make you a pope. And from now on, this will be a man thing. It'll be built on man because, you know, if you could figure the other out, you can figure all the rest out. You won't need me anymore. So good luck, Peter. Um, by the way, here's the keys of the kingdom. En- enjoy yourself. Have fun. You think that's how it went down? No, it didn't go like that. Give me those keys. Um, <clears throat> Jesus said, Simon Peter you little piece of the rock, upon this rock, upon this boulder, upon this firm foundation, based on what I am going to do to open up the new and living way, I will build my church. So Jesus wasn't saying upon you I'm going to build my church. He was saying, Peter, you're going to be a little chip off this block. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the Gates of hell, they don't stand a chance. So Peter, as you build upon me, my church, not your church, my church, I'm going to give you these because you will be the vessel that unlocks 
grace's door. You're the, you're the person that unlocks the light in a world filled with darkness. You're my body. You're my bride. Um, he's a beautiful bride. Um, you will be my church's ambassadors. You're ambassadors to the love and the call of reconciliation to the church. So whatever you loosen will be loosed. You have the ability and the authority to say, in the name of Jesus Christ, the rock, your sins will be forgiven if you believe upon this rock. Does that make sense? So, thank you, Pastor Bruno. Nice job there. So, yeah, you can take those back. Um, so the church then came into being, and after the day of Pentecost, you saw these people going out in the name of the rock, the Lord Jesus, as part of his body, as part of his bride, to do what? Build his church. And they went to regions like Galatia and Colossae and Philippi and Thessalonica. And wherever they went, their light was shining in a dark place. And people banded together, not for their own sake, but for the namesake of Jesus. I don't know about you, but just even saying those words humbles me, makes me say, I'm a part of something really special, something that's eternal, something that I should be like those early missionaries that went out on those journeys. They went out fearlessly, adventurously, at great risk, and many times at great harm, and they opened up the doors. They used their keys to start sharing grace, not the vengeance, not the justice, not just the mercy, but God's gracious invitation for this season called the church. When we get to invite people in and with the authority of Jesus, we can open the door and say, believe on him and you will be saved. As Titus reminds us, uh, it is uh, the grace of God that brings salvation to all men. We're all ambassadors. There's a region here it needs you. It needs me. It needs us. That's why these strategic partnerships to punch holes in the darkness are so important. I thank God for you, your testimony. I want to pray, and then I'm going to ask the chairman of the elders to come up and uh, uh, join me for a little conversation and uh, an announcement I, I think you might find kind of exciting. So join me in prayer. Uh, gracious God, I want to thank you for Bethlehem Church. Uh, thank you that these men and women um, love you. We've been singing songs all about you and your love and the foundation upon which uh, Jesus was talking about with that little chip. And God, we're chips. We're little pieces of, of you, Christians, little Christ. And so I pray that uh, you would use these thoughts today to remind us what our role is, why this region needs us to punch holes where darkness has overcome so many. 
And Lord, it might just be us in our day in which we live, but it sure seems like it's dark right now. It sure seems like the gospel is needed. Life change, not just going to church or filling shoeboxes or getting baptized or coming to church. When you ask us, what have we done with your son? We want to be able to tell you we've trusted him, accepted him into our life as Lord, and that we're about your business, your kingdom business, this business of being your church built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, amen.